Welcome to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name is Cole, and I'm here alongside, as always, my great mate, Jeff Tate. And Jeff, I just want to be the first to say... I'm sorry for no recap episode last week, but I missed you guys. Yeah, we missed you guys. We uh, Busy weekends from Cole and I. Uh, we should have put out a little notification on the Twitter, but that's on me as the Twitter director, or actually our new Twitter director, Isaiah, but we didn't really let him know, so nothing on Isaiah. So, uh, yeah, we missed you guys last week. There were great college football games on Saturday, an all-time classic between Oregon and Washington. We had a lot of – we learned a lot about some uh, teams that we maybe thought were pretty good that laid some big eggs on the road. And then we just got us ready for this week because this week is a tremendous week of college football. I mean, we have some big games that mean a lot to Cole and I. Obviously, it's no secret Michigan, Michigan State's this week, but Ohio State, Penn State's this week. So stay tuned in this episode because we'll be talking a lot about that. But we did want to say we are going to, you know, I'm thinking like two weeks we're going to do a college basketball preview episode. College basketball starts three weeks from this past Monday. Um, We're recording this episode on Wednesday, October 18th, and the AP poll just dropped for college basketball. Spartans are number four, so a lot of excitement for Michigan State here, which is not what's the excitement in terms of football. But no, Cole, I yep, we apologize for last week. But we are back, and here's our Week 8 preview episode, and we got a lot of good games to talk about. Yeah, and um, the w- the way you are with Michigan this season for football as far as giving us our flowers and, and unbiasedly telling us that we're good, um, obviously I haven't reciprocated that at all, but that's because it's from the heart. It's what I truly believe. However, you'll, you'll start to see that turn a little bit for me come basketball season because I do think Michigan State – is really good despite my hatred for him. Um, I do think that they uh, have a really good shot at, at going pretty pretty deep this year and having a really really good team. So there's a little preview to, to my heart. If Michigan has to win the national championship in football for Michigan State to win the national championship in basketball, I think I'll take that deal. And that's a crazy thing to say, but Michigan State basketball is uh, by far my favorite team, sport, everything. Been going to games forever and I think I would take that trade, which it'd be hard to live with Michigan football fans. But you know what? I'd come out and visit you in Arizona because that's where the national championship is for college basketball. So that'd be see Spartans play in that. That'd be, I don't know. I think I'm maybe crazy for saying I'd want to see Michigan win a football national championship if it meant the Spartans got one. So maybe I'm retracking that statement. Yeah, I don't. That's a good, that's a good little brain exercise. I definitely. I definitely wouldn't want to see Ohio State or Michigan State win a national championship in football if it meant uh, we got one in basketball. But I think flipped, if I was guaranteed a Michigan football national championship, I would. I think I could live with Michigan State win a national championship in basketball. But I couldn't do it the other way around. I couldn't. I would never guarantee a Michigan national championship for a Michigan State football national championship. I couldn't do it that way. But the other way around, I could do that. Well, you don't ever have to worry about – well, you probably don't have to worry about Michigan State winning a football national championship unless Urban somehow just comes there, and who knows how that goes. But, no, let's get into last week's games really quick. Obviously the big one, Cole, Washington, Oregon. 36-33 Washington wins on the road. We're not going to talk about this game a ton just because everybody – it's been a few days since this game actually happened. But – the big thing that this game came down to is Dan Lanning's coaching decisions, Cole. He he went for it three times on crucial times, 0-3 on those times he went for it. That's aggressive. That's what Oregon does. I don't fault him for doing it. The only one that I would have told you I would probably have not, I didn't understand, was in the first half right before halftime. You're down four points. You get the ball to start second half and they're at the 10-yard line. I just kicked the field goal, go down one point, go into half where it's now a one-score game in terms of if they get a touchdown, you're still within one score. But that's how Dan Landing is. That's how Oregon is. They're aggressive. It's If they get that fourth down conversion at the end of the game at midfield, it's game over. The, the game, you, uh, you end the game for Washington, and you don't even give them a chance. Now, the, the reverse side of that is obviously you don't get it. You give Washington the ball at midfield and we saw how that went but then Oregon marched right down the field again 
and just missed a game-winning field goal from a kid that has made a lot of these big field goals in his career. So I don't know, Cole. It was it was an amazing game to watch. I mean, I was locked in all game to it, and I was just excited to watch it, and it, it lived up to its hype. Yeah, this is one of those games. Um, I think we get like I feel like we get three or four of these per season where you're just reminded uh, why you love college football. Last year was Tennessee, Alabama and then USC-Utah in the regular season, you get these games that are so much fun and so good that really just remind you why we watch just every single game and, and what makes it so beautiful. And Oregon-Washington was absolutely one of those games. It was it was just a beautiful display of college football, just an amazing game. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm completely aligned with you. I don't fault him for going for it on fourth down really on any of those except for that. Uh, I think they should have kicked a field goal at, half, at the end of half. But, yeah, that was... I have no problem with him saying, look, this is a Heisman front runner. I'm going to go out and try to win the game and get this fourth and three and convert it because I don't care if I punt the ball or if I turn it over here. This is the Heisman front runner who's looking for his Heisman moment. I, I would prefer to just try and win the game now and not keep it and keep it out of his hands. I think that was a completely fine decision. In fact, I think it was a great decision. And if I was him, I would make it over and over and over again. But you know what? You didn't get it, and you lost the game. But it's not like they didn't have a chance to win still. They still had a chance to win. And just a lot of bad things uh, for Oregon happened in a short span. And obviously that crowd was um, amazing over there in Washington. They did a great job. They really, those fans show out, and I think they will have no problem adjusting. uh, And they'll be one of the loudest and best stadiums in the Big Ten once they get there. Um, So... Yeah, it was an amazing game. Beautiful display of football to watch. The the clouds of Washington, the purple. It was it was beautiful. And yeah, I loved everything about the game except for the outcome. And you know, it's like one of those things where everybody at home can sit there and be like, "Oh, I wouldn't have gone for it. I wouldn't have gone for it." Well, if he goes for it and they get it and they win the game, no one's no one's saying, "Why did he do this?" Like it's it's the exact like hindsight's 2020. Like it Everybody is going to want to sit there and put their coaching hat on, which they have no experience with, and say, oh, he shouldn't have gone for that because, well, if he would have just punted, then they would have had to go 80 yards. It's Michael Penix. It's Washington. They probably still would have gotten the touchdown. Yeah, it would have been a little harder, but, I mean, in reality, it's it's people just that don't know football that are coming at him. If you listen to most of the national media that know football, they, they don't fault him at all for that, and I wouldn't, and it was a great – Great performance by Oregon. They just didn't get it done, and but everything's in front of them. They run the table the rest of the year and maybe play Washington again. Who knows? Yeah, this game greatly affected um, the college football playoff picture and just front runners and everything like that. And it greatly affected, uh, I would say, my top ten. And I think uh, I think we should get into that, don't you? Well, let's talk really quick. I want to talk USC Notre Dame, and then we're going to move into the top 10. Can we just do that real fast? Oh, that also affected some of our top 10, so let's do it. Let's do that, and then we'll get into it. Cole, if I would have told you that USC had more yards, had more first downs, had more yards per play, what would what would you have said? How many points did, Notre, did USC win by? Well, they lost by 28, and that is because they lost the turnover battle 5 to zero you just can't do that and it was a weird game from Caleb Williams uh just really really weird uh he probably lost his chance at winning a Heisman off of that game now I'm a firm believer that if they still would were to get to the Pac-12 championship and win it and Caleb Williams balled out like I know he's going to that he could still be the guy that wins that award but no it's a disappointing performance on the road for USC. It, it gave USC a test of what it's going to be like being in the Big Ten next year. And you're going to have to come up to the Midwest and play games in cold, wet conditions. And this isn't even bad. Like, it was like 55 and rainy. Like, imagine they come up to East Lansing or Ann Arbor when it's like 25 degrees that first week or that last week of November or middle of November and you got to play in that. Well, that, they're not going to be ready for that based on this performance. Yeah, we shouldn't be too surprised e- either. Obviously, we have USC and Lincoln Riley built up in our head because of last year. But if you watch the games this year, we shouldn't be surprised at the moment they went on the road against a, a pretty good team that that they, like, they were going to lose this game. Um, just because the teams that they have played, maybe not that great a team so far, and they've been in a lot of close games and just not been as good as, as they should have. So another thing where hindsight is 20-20 
we should have been able to see this coming just by the fact that this is not the same USC as last year. They did lose a good bit of talent to the NFL, and they're just not as good. And Notre Dame uh, exploited that. But really the big thing is Notre Dame was dropping so much in coverage, and Caleb Williams, with that, with that bad offensive line, they were still getting home to him. And he, he was just frustrated. He did not know where to go with the ball, and he made a lot of bad decisions. And he threw some really ugly interceptions. Like They weren't just like, ah, like tip ball interception, whatever. These were some ugly interceptions, and he was clearly uh, out of his comfort zone and very rattled. So uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, my hindsight is amazing because I bet on this game. I bet on Notre Dame winning. So I was on the right side of history, um, and we should have known when Notre Dame was favored that, that something was up here. So, yeah, not, honestly, not a big surprise uh, with the outcome, and I'm happy to uh, – not talk about USC anymore. I'd like to see them just get that one more loss so they're completely off the radar. But, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with, with just writing them off for this year. All right, writing them off. I'm not completely writing them off, but that was not a good performance for them. But our top tens, let's get into it. We both had – or I had USC in last week. They're out for me. So I'm going to start at the top. Number 10 – well, not the top, the, the number 10 spot. I have North Carolina – in the poll for the first time for me, I impressive win against Miami. Uh, I think Miami pretty deflate or deflated after that Georgia Tech loss, and UNC looked great. And Taz Walker's here. Like I kind of predicted before this week that he was going to have a big game against Miami, and he had three touchdowns. So I think he has arrived. So I got them at ten. I'm going to move Texas up one spot to nine. Move Oklahoma up one spot to eight. I moved Penn State down from six to seven. And I actually moved Oregon up one spot. So, yep, it's probably not traditional, but I think Oregon is a very good football team. And with one loss being at Washington, I can't punish them a lot. And maybe, obviously, Penn State has a great chance to move up this ranking if they were to go into Columbus and win on Saturday. My number five team, Florida State, moved them down one. The reason I moved them down one is I had Washington at five, who I moved up to four, Michigan three, Ohio State two, Georgia one, keeping the top three the same, and that is that is my top ten call. All right, there's some things we have similar, some things we have different. Um, I had North Carolina at ten last week. This week I have Texas at ten because I let North Carolina jump them. North Carolina is my number nine team. Now, a lot of t- teams shifted because of how low I had Washington last week, so uh, my number eight, uh, Penn State, they dropped down one. And then also Ohio State at seven, they dropped down one. Um, and this is going to be really the, the loser of this game is either on the bottom of my top 10 or or out of it, between the, judging by how the game will go between Ohio State and Penn State. Number six is Georgia. They continue to, when the games are not against a night game when everyone's watching, they just look not very good with Brock Bowers being out. That's very scary. So Georgia six, Oklahoma number five, Oregon number four. I moved Oregon up too. Uh, they were a kick away from from winning this game on the road and a, a few first down conversions away from winning this game on the road. Um, they are, I think they're still the better team. This didn't make the best decisions and didn't convert when they had to most. But we'll we'll have to see. Hopefully, it's a rematch uh, between them and Washington. But there's no Oregon actually moved up. They really proved themselves to me uh, this week. Number three, Florida State. I dropped them from my number one team just because there's teams that are consistently performing better for me uh, week in and week out. Number two is Washington. Um, Washington. Nothing else needs to be said. They have the high powered offense, one of the best offenses I've seen since LSU. Yeah, they they just won a huge game against Oregon, so they deserve to be there. Number one, they they took they started they started at nine when we when we started doing this, and um, they just continue to dominate teams and just make teams look like little children. Their starters have yet to play in the fourth quarter in the last like four or five weeks. That they only there's very few snaps by our stars in the fourth quarter. Michigan, number one, they are just sleepwalking through any opponent that you throw at them, and. I don't think this week will be any different. They just continue to. I mean, JJ McCarthy hasn't played in the, in the fourth quarter in a few weeks, and yeah, they're just they're doing what the number one team should do to inferior opponents. Um, where if Georgia was doing the same thing, then I would have Georgia up there, but they're not. So 
Michigan is number one. Yep. It's easy to win when you don't play good teams, but that's who's in front of Michigan. Like that's what they have to do. So I can give you number one. What did what did Ohio State do against Indiana? It was the first game of Kyle McCord. Hey, Maryland, they won by they covered, won by twenty plus points. Hey, I if Michigan wins by twenty plus at Maryland, I'd be impressed. So you you walked yourself into that because they did win by twenty points. But no, against Indiana, yes, they were not good. But it was first game of the year on the road, new quarterback. Who cares? Like they play them, they play them on Saturday. They win by thirty-five plus points. I'm pretty con- confident about that because they just went into Purdue. Michigan is handling inferior opponents a lot better than Ohio State is. Well, I mean, if you look at the, let's do this real quick. After week two, when they played Youngstown State, if you look at their results, I, there's not much different between Michigan. And they're playing better, way better football teams. Yeah, but we'll get into it. We'll see. That's why. That's why they. That's why they play the games. Well, yeah, we'll see what Ohio State does this week. That is why they play the games. So let's just get into it because this is the first game I wanted to talk about: Ohio State, Penn State. Okay, we have a the first big game in the Big Ten East uh, between the top three teams, and Penn State's on the road, four and a half point dog in Columbus. Big noon kickoff at twelve. First of all, I want to say this. I hate that these games have to be played at noon. I am the primetime guy, and I just don't like that this game's at noon. Uh, that's just my opinion. I would have rather flip the Michigan Michigan State game, put that at noon, and put this game in primetime. But not my decision. But, Cole, this is going to be a great game. Two of the best defenses in the country. Two quarterbacks, very inexperienced. And we are going to see what group around the quarterbacks are better. And to be honest... There's a lot of questions, I would say, on both sides because Penn State hasn't really played anybody either. Uh, I'll give them West Virginia. I was very impressed with their first game now because, well, West Virginia was looking good till they lost on a Hail Mary last week, which I had an A-plus picks of the week. But I'm not going to talk about that because that was that sucked. That loss was horrible. But, Colt, we have really good skill position guys in this game. We have really good defensive players in this game. What is the key for Penn State to come in, Drew Aller's first real road game that he's playing against an elite team? What is the big key outside of Drew Aller and his composure on the road? Yeah, the first thing is the big boys in front of him, uh, giving him time to feel comfortable, that he needs to be able to feel comfortable, and also just giving him time to be able to move as he would like. Drew Aller is really good um, when he can get outside the pocket and just throw it to a tight end or something like that. He's He's been really solid at that this year, so... If they can hold him on uh, on the offensive line, that would be huge. And the other thing is Penn State's running game hasn't been amazing this year. That needs to come alive because they have the talent, or they should, which is also goes back to the offensive line. But this, this run game needs to be able to take over, especially if Penn State kind of can do what they did last year and get a little lead. They need to be able to keep the ball out of Ohio State's hands and run that clock. And if all they can do is, is throw the ball, then they're not going to be able to win this game. Um, and then on the other end of the ball, I think you need to just make McCord feel uncomfortable. Um, I think you need a handful of coverage sacks because Penn State has real has a really good secondary, and they need to just leave McCord with indecision, indecision, hold the ball too long, um, and just give it time for their for the defensive lineman to get home. They're not super strong in the interior, so if they can, the Ohio State's run game is sometimes good, sometimes not good. Um, and if that interior of Penn State can actually step up and just show that they're not who they were last year, like when they played Michigan and just got ran through, then I think Penn if, if they got to do, I would say, three out of the four or five things that I said, if they can do three of the things that I just said, uh, then they'll have a really good shot. Yeah, and a lot of uh, injury concerns for Ohio State coming into this game, and I am a firm believer that at schools like this, the talent is so deep that sometimes when guys get hurt, it doesn't exactly matter. But in a game like this, Emeka Buka, Trayvon Henderson, and Denzel Burke, three of Ohio State's best players, guys that two of those are probably first-round picks. Trayvon Henderson's unfortunately had so many injuries that I don't know, but he had a lot of hype being a good NFL player, but Emeka Buka is a the guy they need. I believe they pretty much held him out of Purdue because they didn't. They knew they wouldn't need him. And if that's the case, and that's kind of what some of the beat reporters are saying, that's a good sign because you need him in this game. Marvin Harrison's averaging over 100 yards a game receiving 
five touchdowns. I mean, he we know what he's like. But then on the other side, Penn State has Kalen King, lockdown corner. We kind of saw what happened when Notre Dame played against Ohio State, and their corner really affected Marvin Harrison. They kept his safety over top, so Marvin was kind of equalized. Abuka stepped up and was outstanding. Kate Stover, he's a guy you got to keep an eye on in this game. Two receiving touchdowns last week against Purdue. He's kind of the X factor. I said that in, going into the Notre Dame game. He's just that guy that he's going to be playing on Sundays for NFL teams. Like he, he just has a great feel as a tight end, and he's one of those guys that you're really going to see step up, especially if Ibuka is limited. But they need to get the run game, like you said, Cole. Run game just hasn't been consistent. It's been a few games where they're getting five yards of carry, and then there's other games they're getting three yards of carry. Well, against Penn State, that is a massive difference, especially against a good defense. And it's just going to come down to which one of the quarterbacks doesn't make mistakes. I mean, both of these guys are very inexperienced. McCord only turned the ball over one time this year. So that's a positive, but he's playing against an elite Penn State team. Um, I'm a firm believer, though, that in these games, the home field advantage matters a lot. Look at Washington beating Oregon last week. Um, and so I think this game is going to be extremely high level. You got a lot of first-round draft picks playing out on that field, and it's just one I'm super excited for on Saturday at noon. Yeah, it's. Just, I mean, this is a must-watch game, and it's going to be – Two programs that really don't like each other. I know it's it's Penn, Penn State hates them a lot, and Ohio State hates them, but not as much as they hate Michigan. But it is this is a beautiful game, and I really think whoever has whatever whatever team has better rushing stats is the team that's going to win. Because um, both have been both teams have had spotty rushing this year, and I think whichever team has better rushing stats this game and can assert uh, their their dominance uh, from the start, I think that's the team that wins the game. Yeah, it'll just be fun to watch. I mean, this is this is a huge, huge game. This is the battle for second place in the Big Ten East. It's huge, so you gotta gotta keep an eye on it. You could say that, but you, you guys, you haven't had to play them either. So, well, you guys got a while for that. So, but no, I want to say one quick thought to Ohio State's won six in a row against Penn State. Um, they've dominated the rivalry. It's not really been much of a rivalry the last few years. And uh, f- shout out to colonized friend uh, Bernie who texted me before I went on this today that just said Penn State was just scared in these games come the fourth quarter. They played great the first three quarters, but they've been scared the fourth quarter. So uh, let's see if there's a different Penn State on Saturday. I think there will be, but I'm not picking this game for the podcast or anything, but Buckeyes are winning the game. So um, it's a weird spread, though. Four and a half is that's, that's a weird number. So, But, Cole, it's going to be great. I can just see Ohio State winning this game by three points. So I'm not gonna bet it either, but it just it's the the picture that's coming to my head. If if, if you guys want to believe, and uh, whatever's going on in my brain right now, the picture I'm just I'm seeing is 27 to 24, Ohio State wins. So so we'll see. I don't think I'm gonna bet it, but that's that's where I'm saying. If you guys believe in me, go ahead and bet it. I'm not going to. Yeah, well, I I don't know. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good game. So. Another top 25 game that we do have Saturday as well, this one's going to be after the Ohio State game, is Tennessee going on the road to Alabama. So Tennessee might now have the inside track to win the SEC East or have a really good chance now with Georgia and Brock Bowers getting hurt because they're playing each other in a couple weeks. And Tennessee is looking like they can actually run the football very effectively. Um, They've basically not allowed Joe Milton to make a lot of the decisions in this offense, and they're... They ran for over 200 yards last week against Texas A&M. They just look they look like they switched from what they were last year. Air Ray just throwing that thing. Now they had a lot of better players. You had Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman. Now you have Jalen Miller, or you have, not Jalen Miller, you have Joe Milton, and then a really good running back room. So Bama's weird. Bama, like, they can't throw the football in the intermediate routes, but they can throw the deep ball, and they connect on them at a very high clip right now and that's kind of how they've I don't know started to scheme for Joe Mill or I keep flipping them around Cole for Jalen Milrow both with JM names so Jalen Milrow they're starting to throw it downfield and he's having a lot of uh, success doing that they had a tight game last week at home against Arkansas you wonder if some of that was a hangover effect from winning at Texas A&M the week before but 
It's a big spread, nine points for Alabama at home. I think Alabama is going to win this game. I'm going to stay away from picking this game because I have no clue. But it should be a good game, and this is turning into one of the best rivalries in the SEC. Yeah, the the defenses have been the story of this these two teams this year. And it's think about this game last year with those elite quarterbacks and elite passing attacks that were going against each other last year, and now it's just the opposite. It's we don't know anything about these quarterbacks. Are they good? Are they bad? They're, we know they're both athletic, inconsistent quarterbacks. I mean, you got overthrow Joe. That's what they call him over there uh, in Tennessee is overthrow Joe. He He's always good for, for one one bad throw a game for sure, usually a few. Um, and it's really, yeah, they lean on the rushing attack over there in Tennessee. And Alabama tries to, but really it's only working for him is that deep ball right now. So, um, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna let's see how Alabama if they can stop the run. Tennessee doesn't have a chance, but Tennessee's defense is much improved from last year. Alabama's defense is is definitely better than they were last year. Um, but yeah, it's at Alabama, which they haven't been great at this year. That's where their loss came in. But yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know what to do with this game. I don't know who's gonna win. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Tennessee won. I wouldn't if it's a low scoring. Tennessee's just. Alabama can't move the ball. Tennessee is, has a few drives where we just run it through. Tennessee has a horrible, horrible, horrible red zone offense. So they need to be able to, if you're going to beat Tennessee, you need to capitalize on those red zone touchdowns. And yeah, I think that's why Alabama is going to win this game. Um, just because you need to score touchdowns against Alabama and they're going to get down there and they're not, not going to be able to score. Cole, hot take. You might have messed up on your writing LSU off and not being able to win the SEC and then switching to Texas A&M and then jumping. So if, if LSU does find a way, we're not going to talk about their game this week. They play Army. Um, if they find a way to win the SEC, you can't claim it because you, you wrote them off. You switched teams. You went to Texas A&M, and then you went back. But they only have one loss, LSU. So LSU-Alabama is going to be for that part of the SEC. Just hot take here, I think. You wrote them off a little too early. LSU is, is still my favorite to win the SEC West. So, so that is that is my my favorite. I know, I know, I, I kind of bounced around a little, but I was always going to come back home. I've been rooting for him every week still, and yeah, sometimes I just need to be patient and trust myself. And it was a, it was a learning experience. Uh, I'm sorry, um, but I'm staying. I'm back on LSU, and I'm here to stay unless they lose again. Yeah, I think I think you talked about taking like fifty percent of that divisions at some point. So it's kind of I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you a hard time, but I have never said Bama. I, no, I did say Bama. You said they were going to win after the LSU loss, but we're going to switch it up here, okay? Go to the ACC, night game, Duke at Florida State. Um, unfortunately... For for reference, sorry, for reference, Alabama is still dead. Just so everyone's on the same page, Alabama is still dead asleep in their grave. No one's waking them up, they're dead. Okay, so when they win the SEC West, that... You'll have to, you owe me something. We'll just say that. So Duke, Florida State. Duke goes on the road, 14 and a half point dogs at Florida State. This game's going to, this game's going to be competitive if Riley Leonard plays. As of now, we don't know. It sounds like he probably will play, but they need Riley Leonard, I think, to be competitive in this game because this is a night game at Florida State. It's going to be rocking. And I expect a big performance here from Florida State, Cole. Yeah, this will be the, the best defense. Um, that Florida State will have played, maybe with the exception of Clemson, and, and that was a close game. And this this Duke team is better than Clemson, so I think I think this is this is going to be a really close game. Um, I like Duke a lot in this game. I think fourteen and a half points is a lot of points. Obviously, a, a big part of it depends on Riley Leonard plays, and that's that's a huge part of it. But I think either way, fourteen and a half points for for this defense. I think this is a physical defense um, that can take Florida State out of doing what they want. And yeah, I think this can be. Uh, I don't think Florida State will, will lose this game at all, but I do think it, it'll be closer than uh, than the spread says. But honestly, this is this is a tough one. So I'm still it's, Florida State is such a good offense. It's, it is tough to bet against them, but yeah, I think this will be a really fun game. Florida State should get Johnny Wilson back. He didn't play last week, but this is the Keon Coleman show on offense. So we'll uh, but it helps a lot to have Johnny Wilson. So Cole, a team looking to bounce back. Another top twenty five game that we have. On Saturday, we have a lot of top 25 games as well, which is just nice that last week I think we had four. This week I think we have four or five. And that's USC at home against Utah. They're seven-point favorite, which is a little high based on how they looked last week. But there's just, I think, a lot of uncertainty around Utah right now. We know their defense is really good. 
Um, they're very good defense, not giving up much points all year. Offense has been pretty shaky, I would say. Now, a lot of that's due to not having Cam Rising. Uh, people really don't know what to expect. It's like every week you look at the injury report and he might play, he might not. And I'm going to guess he probably does not play. I, Cole and I were talking that reading some reports about possibly redshirting, um, medical redshirt. So who knows what they're going to get, but this is going to be a really interesting game. I like USC in this game. I'm staying away from it on my picks um, just because I, I don't like that exact seven point spread, but I think you see them bounce back a lot. They're in their 78-degree weather, sunny, and I think you see them play a lot better on Saturday. Yeah, I don't, I don't know here because Utah has a good t- good defense, and we, we saw what they looked like against a, a good defense. So I, I, we're assuming that this is an anomaly from Caleb Williams, but if he has another bad game, then, I mean, we need to see him perform against a, a really solid defense. So, um, And if, if Utah, if USC goes back to the good old – let everything through. We're just going to pat you on the back as you go by and not tackle you. Then, I mean, anyone can beat USC. I mean, Arizona state almost beat USC. Um, Arizona almost beat USC at USC. So yeah, I, I don't think with the way USC plays the game, anything is on the table for this game. And you never know if, if maybe Cam rising just decides to, maybe they were just saving them for this game. Like, all right, time to come back and do what you do against USC and just kill them. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, Caleb Williams has a really good game here, and they lose. Don't be surprised if you see, like, Caleb Williams' calf strain not going to play this next game, not going to play the next game, and then, uh-oh, next thing you know, it's like, I'm just going to get I'm gonna get a preventative surgery and get ready for my NFL career. So don't be surprised if you see that. I mean, it seems like he's got those vibes. Bold prediction from Cole. Well, he wants ownership in the NFL team he's going to, so he, he does have some uh... – Pretty crazy takes, but he's a he's a crazy good football player. But he's got to show it Saturday, and they got to win that game. So staying at another night game, this game probably based on top twenty five teams in the country. These two teams, I think, could be ranked if you just dive into some of those teams that are at the end or at the back half of the AP poll. That's Clemson going on the road to Miami. Miami needs this win uh, desperately. Like they they have to get this win. We, last week, they lost to North Carolina. We didn't obviously talk much about that. I talked about Tez Walker being outstanding. That game really wouldn't have mattered too much for Miami had they not choked the week before. At home, Georgia Tech up, game over, just need to kneel the ball. They don't do it. They lose the game. So this is a game at Miami. Miami's a three-point dog at home. Kind of surprising to me, personally. But Clemson's coming off a bye which they kind of needed because the week before they barely beat Wake Forest and Wake Forest is not a good team this year. So Cole, this is one that I think Miami needs desperately, but on the reverse side, Clemson needs it big time too, especially with kind of everything Dabo has been saying in the media right now. So this is a sneaky game to keep an eye on, on Saturday night. Yeah. Clemson can't just lose to every team. That's good. So they, they, they need this game. They've already lost to Duke. They've already lost to Florida State. They can't just keep losing to schools that are good and beating schools that are bad. Um, they need uh, one where they just show up and say, no, we're still here. We're still good. We just had a rough little two games. Um, Clemson needs this one, I would say, just as bad, um, if not more than Miami. Miami, they're still in the year two. Um, they can still talk themselves into we're fine. Like Just trust the process. We're showing signs of light. We're better than last year. Trust the process. It's hard to do that at Clemson, especially when you don't take transfers. You don't want to lose a lot of games because you don't want guys transferring out and leaving your program. I think this game uh, matters a lot more to Clemson. It's a lot bigger because they need to keep everyone interested. They need to keep those players uh, the faith in Clemson. And, yeah, I think I think this is, is a huge game for Clemson, and they need to go out and make a statement. I'm excited for this game. I wish it wasn't at 8 o'clock because I'm going to be watching Michigan-Michigan State. But – I'll have to have that one on the side TV, but there's so many other good games at night that I kind of wish that one was a little earlier in the day because our earlier slate's not as good after you get up to the Ohio State game. But Cole, the game of the week, well, not really the game of the week. The game of the week's probably Ohio State, Penn State. But between our friendship and what it means for where we grew up, Michigan, Michigan State, Saturday night, primetime, NBC, 
Michigan's a 24-and-a-half-point favorite, which I think in recent history is probably the biggest spread. I would have to do some looking into that. I know a few years ago during COVID when Michigan State went in and beat Michigan, I think they were at least like 17 or 18-point underdogs at Michigan. But I don't think in my recent memory 24-and-a-half has been one. I don't know what it was last year at Michigan. It was probably pretty close to that, to be honest. I think it was at least three scores. Um but it's the rivalry. You you throw out what has happened before this game. At least I think you do because it means a lot to these kids for both teams. It means a lot to these coaches. It means a lot to Harlan Barnett who's getting a chance to be an interim head coach. Um, obviously, things haven't gone the way he would have planned. I will say that Michigan State has not played bad football the last two weeks. Um, I'm not coming out here, guys, and saying they're going to beat Michigan. I'm just – not putting that on the record, but they went into Iowa and were winning the game for the whole game and then got a kickoff returned against them. And it just kind of went downhill. Last week was a heartbreaker. You start Kaden Hauser. He is the future quarterback for Michigan state. And I think he's going to be good. I really do. I think he's a good quarterback. Redshirt freshman plays great against Rutgers. They have a muff punt, um, which Michigan fans know all about. And then they had a uh, blocked punt and those two mess-ups for Michigan State led to them losing at Rutgers. So who knows, but um, I just wanted to see a spirited Michigan State performance. They're wearing the all-black jerseys, which Michigan fans obviously are making fun of because it's they're wearing all-black to their funeral, which probably wasn't the best thing for Michigan State to do. But it is. They're sweet jerseys. I like when teams wear um, alternate jerseys. It'd be cool if Michigan like wore the all-maze ones because I think those are sick jerseys and That'd be a kind of cool color display on the field. But, Cole, it's a big game. It's a rivalry game. Uh, I know you don't overlook these games because in recent memory, um, it has been Michigan has been the better team in terms of Mel Tucker had a winning record. Uh, He's obviously gone now. But the last time they were in Spartan Stadium, a guy by the name of Kenneth Walker dominated. Michigan State doesn't have a Kenneth Walker this year. They do not. So um, I don't think you see a running back go for five touchdowns, and uh, just absolutely take over a game. But it's one I'm excited for. I know it's you'd be like, why are you excited for this? Because you're probably going to get killed. But it's it's what I, I just want to watch the game because for that little slimmer of a hope that Michigan State could pull an upset, it is worth maybe getting a little bit of excitement for this game. So I'm excited, Cole. Yeah, outside of the state of Michigan, people really don't realize how fierce and hated this rivalry is, how how hot it gets. Um, these teams absolutely hate each other. And this is this is a and it's really because of Michigan Ohio State that people I think really don't realize how big of a rivalry that this game is. Um, but it is it is one of the bigger ones in the country. Um little brothers just second to Ohio State so you know it's it's they kind of get overlooked there but yeah I mean when when these games happen it's almost like yeah rivalry can come in a team can play inspired and and really surprise you um so you can't overlook Michigan State with that being said I just want to apologize to every Michigan State fan in advance for this thorough beating that is about to happen to them I mean this game won't be close uh the question is will they get um, into double digits in the points. I think they'll get, uh, will they get more than 10 points is the question. When Michigan plays young quarterbacks who have not played a lot throughout this whole season, it's just a, this is a very, very good and experienced defense that can overwhelm a quarterback that has not played a lot of football, a young guy who's trying to learn. And I just think this is a perfect storm for Michigan. It's just, it's, it's tough to be a, a newer quarterback, an inexperienced quarterback, um, going against this super seasoned Michigan defense. Um, I mean, it's, it's just not a good matchup for Michigan state. And I, I just don't think they're going to be able to move the ball at all. And I think I can, you can count on Michigan to at least, let's say score 28 points. Um, that's, and like, so I think, I think the, the number here is if Michigan can get 20 points, they have no, Michigan state doesn't have a chance. Um, just cause I don't think they're going to be able to score enough against this Michigan defense. Um, but yeah, it's a rivalry game, but I just, I just don't see a world where this happens just based on matchups. Um, it's, it's going to be, it could be really ugly and 
I'm just I wish I wish Michigan State was better. I wish they could have you know the spread could be smaller, put up more of a fight. But yeah, I don't I don't think that um, I just I don't see a world where it happens. I know like there's the only thing that holds you back a little bit is that it's a rivalry game. But like this this is the ideal offense that Michigan's defense faces and just doesn't let them do anything and completely suffocates them. So so yeah, we'll we'll see. It's a rivalry game. I got to keep reiterating that, but. It really doesn't look good for Michigan State. I will say this. I'm so glad that Noah Kim is not the starting quarterback in this game because I do think Michigan could do a lot of worse things to him because he just, I think, makes bad decisions. Now, Hauser's played one game, so I can't justify that against what Kim's done, but I am glad that they made the switch to Hauser before they just went to the Michigan game. At least he got one game in. Really was a great quarterback in that Rutgers game. He showed he could run the football a bit. But you're right. This is a game that I was talking to uh, somebody at work today, and they said if Michigan State gets a lead early in the game, that's when it will feel like they have a semi-chance to win. I know that's a cliche like, yeah, you score first. You're going to have a better chance to win the game. But in a game like this, I promise you that crowd's going to be crazy. There are going to be a lot of Michigan fans. I do want to say I'm one of the um, probably not good Michigan State fans that did sell my tickets to this game, leaving it be a 50-50 chance that a Michigan fan bought the ticket. Um, But it was a good investment, and I saw a good opportunity. Uh, I was telling Cole I actually can go get a ticket for like a a 20% of the price I sold it for. So who knows? Might do that. But, no, it's going to be – I'm excited for it, and hopefully Michigan State can just pull a miracle and at least keep it close. Because if Michigan State loses by ten points, there's gonna be, there those Michigan State fans are gonna be really happy. I don't like. I just want I want to win. Like I'm not moral victory guy, but I would be happy, and I think it would be a big culture game if they did not get blow out blown out because I think that's what everyone thinks is coming. But who knows? And you and, I, you and I always have a lot of fun with this game. Um, I just want to say for the record, with Cole and I's friendship, back in the day, um, Cole would used to, anytime one of his teams beat mine, I would immediately get texts. I would get uh, I would get videos of the game, all this. Cole would always do this year in and year out. I never sent Cole anything, ever. Like, that's just part of the friendship and this is when Ohio State was dominating Michigan winning every year it was like you could just you knew they were going to win the game before it even happened and I would never say anything to Cole Cole has matured a lot he doesn't do that back to me especially since his teams have gotten better so we have a uh, a lot better friendship because like when they muffed a punt a few years ago never sent a text to Cole or anything because that'd be a great opportunity to but that's just Cole and I's friendship so I respect that because he he used to drive me nuts when he would send me those texts. Yeah, I, I, um, I hate, I hate Michigan State, <laughs> um, and I just, I just want to get through this week and move on. Um, honestly, just, just put them to bed. A big, a big part, uh, more, more real back into the game a little bit is can Michigan State not go three and out because you don't just want like Michigan to score, or even Michigan to punt, and you just get the ball right back to them and just that defense will just wear and wear, especially a team like Michigan who is physical and runs the ball well, that'll really wear on you. Um, so if Michigan State also wants to have any glimmer of choice of, of hope, they need to um, really try to keep their defense off the field as much as possible, keep them fresh. Um, that's the only other little thing I would say that would give Michigan State a shred of hope of that they're at least not going three and out every time. But yeah, I... I I, I just really, yeah, once again, I don't see a world where Michigan State comes close in this game. And that's the thing. You'll never hear a fan base louder um, than Michigan State after they lose to a really good team by 10 points. Like, their argument, if if I get my bragging rights over Michigan State after they Michigan wins, let's say it's by 10 points. I'm like, I can't believe you only beat us by 10 points. Like, they'll always move the needle. Like, it's... It'll be. It will be. They, they will really treat that like a win, um, and we we just like to treat wins like wins. So, but yeah, they will be. There will be a really loud fan base if Michigan State only loses by ten. Yeah, we'll see, and it'll be. I'm just excited. So let's get let's get into the A plus picks of the week. Uh, an embarrassing performance for me last week, going one and four, and to be honest, 
at the beginning of that UNC game, I thought there was a real chance that I was going to go 0-5. Hail Mary uh, against West Virginia, like, probably win that game 99.9% of the time. But Hail Mary from Houston covered. So I am sitting at 16-16 and 16 on the season, 500. Cole's coming off a 2-3 and three week with some tough beats. Uh, he is sitting at 14-18. and 18. So we've been saying it for the last few weeks, but let's have some good weeks, Cole. Yep, my only this bad pick was Notre Dame-USC under. Like, the UW-Washington, uh, UW-Oregon, literally, if Oregon gets that first down, they both hit. And then Washington proceeds to drive down the field and rip my heart out, scoring the touchdown to hit the over and to win the game by three points. Um, just to like, yeah, it was it was it was a horrible beat. Like I'm I'm watching that fourth and three. Like please get it, give me those two wins right now. And yeah, that that hurt bad. But yeah, let's just let's get into it. My my first pick of the week um, is a is a game that I'm sure not a lot of you are even have even close to your radar. It's a Thursday night game. Um, Rice plus three and a half at Tulsa it is. I, I just think Rice is, is a lot better. I think that the three points uh, goes to Tulsa because they're at home. Um, I think Rice would be a five point favorite if they were uh, at home this game. So yeah, I, I just think Rice is, is a really underrated team and they've given a lot of teams some, some fight, especially most notably Texas. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Rice is just a really good team and they're going to go in and, and at the very least lose by a field goal. Start us off with a Thursday game. I like it. I tried it last week and thought it would, it looked like it was going to be a one and oh, so hopefully it's a one and oh for you. Uh, I'm going to start Miami plus three against Clemson. I just think at home coming off what they've been, what's happened to them the last two weeks. I think this is a game that you look at with Miami and they're like, we have a chance to beat the team that has dominated this conference the last few years. I think you see the fans actually come out for this game. It's a primetime game, and I think Miami wins this. So I got Miami plus three at home against Clemson. All right, I'm going to take Baylor plus three and a half at Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati is just not a good team. And honestly, the the newcomers to um, the Big 12 have been getting abused this year in I just think Baylor's just going to come in. They're, they're sneakily getting better as the season goes on, and I just think Baylor's going to going to win this game. I'm going to go to the Ohio State-Penn State game. I said I will never, I'm not going to pick a spread, and that's exactly right. But I am going to pick the over, 45.5 points. Um, this Between these two teams in the last eight years, the over has hit over that seven times. Um, I think these two offenses have a chance to put up some points. And I see this game going over 45 and a half. That's a 28-21 game. That's a 28-24 uh, game. It's a lot of chances. It's Cole's prediction. What was your score? 24-21. 27-24. Oh. Okay, good. I was going to say 24-21 would just miss it by half a point. But I got the over in this game. That's my second pick of the week. Beautiful. Mississippi State at Arkansas plus five and a half. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Mississippi State here. I think this is a classic game where their defense will be uh, good enough to where I feel like Arkansas can will play a a, a less than team with a solid defense and they'll just disappear. Um, and KJ Jefferson will just forget how to play football. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think this is a classic game that Arkansas loses. And um, yeah, I'm taking the five and a half points, and I think that's that's a gimme. So I usually don't do over unders, but I just did an over. I'm going to do an under here. Wisconsin, Illinois, under 42.5 points. These teams suck offensively. Like, they are they are really bad. Like, Wisconsin last week against Iowa put up, was it three points or seven points? I don't know what it was. It was just horrible football. And this is a game where I don't see this going. Six touchdowns in this game is a lot, and I don't see it happening. So, Indiana or Illinois, Wisconsin, under 42.5 points. I got Iowa um, at home against Minnesota. Iowa minus 3.5 yeah, I, I think Minnesota's not good. I, I can see this being Iowa winning 10-0 to um, and one touchdown coming from the defense. I just think that um, this team is just not built for it. Uh, Minnesota is not a very good team, and I think Iowa's defense will just suffocate them. I don't think Minnesota's going to get to move the ball at all. Um, and it's always tough betting on Iowa because that, that half a point is going to mean a lot and that minus three and a half. But I just think Iowa's – We'll just suffocate Minnesota and, and just keep cruising along. Vegas knows what they're doing putting that game at three and a half because if that thing was three or two and a half, they would uh, 
that thing would definitely move up. But my fourth pick of the week, Indiana plus five and a half at home against Rutgers. I was kind of impressed with Indiana the first quarter against Michigan, and I was not impressed with Rutgers for most of the Michigan State game. So I'm just playing the simple math here that I'm taking Iowa or Indiana plus five and a half at home uh, and just hoping that hits. My last pick is um, Texas Tech minus three and a half at BYU. Once again, these teams are, these newcomers to the Big 12 are not very, not able to handle this conference schedule. And I think it's only going to get worse for them the more it kind of weighs on them uh, as, the, as the season goes on. And Texas Tech is, is obviously they've, they've hurt you. Uh, a few times and they've hurt me a few times this year, but I think this is the game that they can redeem themselves for me. So I'm taking uh, Texas Tech minus three and a half. You and the three and a halfs this week, four of your lines are a three and a half. Now two of them are minus three and a half and two of them are plus three and a half. So maybe it'll be a lucky week for you. So my last pick, you know what else is three and a half? I do not know. Ohio state, Penn state That's four and a half. Oh, you're right. You're right. My bad. <laughs> no, but if it goes to three and a half, then you, you'll have to bet it just because it's, It might be your lucky number this week. So my last pick, Wake Forest, minus one and a half at home against Pitt. Uh, I just, Wake Forest, uh, that coach, Dave Clawson, is very good historically coming off of losses, and I'm just going to take them at home against Pittsburgh, who has been wildly inconsistent this year. So that is my last pick of the week, Cole. Yeah, I know... uh... I know I like our picks. I think it's a good week for us to go five and zero. I know a lot of our our listeners are are here in Michigan. Uh, this is this is a hol- holiday weekend. Um, Michigan, Michigan State. It's always big every single year. It's um, you go into work on Friday, and no matter what workplace it is, it's some people are wearing their Michigan gear. Some is Michigan State. You go into school. Um, Michigan, Michigan State, everyone is repping one way or the other. It's it's really a state divided, uh, and it's really a beautiful, beautiful rivalry. Um, and, yeah, it's time to continue to keep little brother in their place this week for all you uh, Michigan Staters out there. But, yeah, it's going to be it's just a fun week, and it's it's really like a holiday uh, in the state of Michigan. And um, for, for our listeners maybe here on the West Coast, um, you guys got your beautiful game last week. Come, come to our side. Watch a beautiful rivalry here on the East Coast. Um, watch Michigan, Michigan State. Absolutely, watch Ohio State, Penn State. You guys got your good week last week. Come watch our side because um, it's going to be a beautiful week. And this week for me, it's it's the only week of the year I really do this. But we are Penn State. Let's go kick the crap out of those Buckeyes. It's 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 a good week of Midwestern football. Um, and whether you're from the Midwest or not, come turn your TV on. Watch these games. It's, it's, it's a beautiful weekend. Perfect way to end this podcast. And we will be back next week to break down all of the action and maybe, just maybe, a Michigan State upset against Michigan. We'll see you next week on A Degree in Sports.